0: I'm Vince. And I'm Travis. And we're about to ruin your games and stuff.
1: This is Travis! Welcome
0: to Undesign. What's going on, Travis?
1: Oh my god, I'm so thirsty. Just a second.
0: <laughs> you, uh, you tasty cool right.
1: water. So, Vince, my friend, we're back to talk about some stuff on on this Undesign podcast, right? And I rolled a thing. And that thing was environment, starvation, and thirst, when the environment is the enemy.
0: That's right. And what I really appreciate is that you got to the same joke I did before I was able to tell it. Because right before we started recording, you said, I've got to go get a drink of water because I'm parched. And then you rolled this.
1: Oh, snap!
0: And I I was going to make the same joke.
1: I jumped on it. I jumped on it fast because I knew I had to get it out of the way. Otherwise, it was going to get yanked out from under me. So I went in.
0: (laughs) I went in deep. I appreciate it. So, yeah, I wanted to talk about this one because I think this is a pretty fascinating subject. Like, classically, we have the conception in a game such as Dungeons & Dragons or any other role-playing game that you might be fighting sentient enemies.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, the, enemy, the enemies are, are specifically something that—they're that are, are, antagonistic, right? They are antagonists. Yes. They're, they're, they are things that, with which you can interact— at, at an intell, intellectual level or a physical level right so right
0: they are enemies which can be dispatched by a sword or a spell or something of that nature even if they aren't truly sentient maybe it's a you know mindless undead or construct or something but it's still a thing that you can go beat up right yeah and that's I, mo-
1: most of gaming yeah i would say that's most of the stuff in games definitely
0: right but i am always fascinated by enemies that you cannot defeat mm-hmm. by a weapon or or well sometimes you can beat this thing through a spell what we're about to talk about but uh, that that is represents sort of the basic frailty of life right
1: mm-hmm. so 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 we're talking about like stuff like <clears throat> i think one of my earlier experiences with this like was a dark sun game sure um so dark sun was like that was like a desert game sure and yep. the environment was really really bleak and and rough and like it mattered how much water you had it mattered how much food you had because there wasn't more <laughs> right and you, you could it was like i think you could even use it as currency in some towns or whatever like you could use sure. water as a currency yep um so so that was a big thing and i always found it I, it certainly added something to the experience because it was so different than the other stuff that you ran into in other games where the environment wasn't Something that you were always thinking about—it was simply a backdrop. It was just um, you know, a stage from which that you play, that you what you played on, as opposed to to something that you had to fight against.
0: Absolutely, I think that it's it's an interesting. I think Dark Sun was my introduction to it as well, and I think that the idea of tracking rations or water or mm. whatever in most standard DD games is- It's
1: almost always a bad idea, right? Like, that's how you've yes. you got to feel the same way.
0: It's the epitome of pointlessness. At the same time- How
1: many bolts do I have left for my crossbow?
0: Right. Who cares? Who cares? Have you ever created a new character for d d where you didn't, where you did not, write down rations and water Faces. on their starting character sheet? Every time. I've written it every time.
1: I think I have in almost all cases. I'm not going to say every time, but it's really close. Like, it's really close. Whereas, I've never written food and water on a Shadowrun character. Or, right. or you know what I'm saying? Like, right. That's never a problem. There's a KFC down the road in Shadowrun. <laughs> you know? It's like, all right. Yes. Absolutely. But when definitely, I'm- yeah. There's always, like, i got to have some iron rations and some standard rations and some water. I need the basic adventurers kit.
0: Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. I can't remember the last time I built a mech warrior character where I was worried about the rations that I had, (laughs) you know, no, that's
1: not
0: not a thing. Uh, If I'm hungry and I'm out in the middle of the wilderness, I'll, I'll shoot some animal with a, with a large laser and I'll cook it and kill it all at once (laughs) and then just eat it. But uh, no, so I'm, I'm fascinated. Obviously this comes up a lot more. And I think, as you mentioned, you know, sort of fantasy role-playing that people sometimes want to get into this minutiae, but I just find it so supremely uninteresting in most games.
1: Mm-hmm. But but when it comes to something something that, that's that's world world altering, right? So so it's more interesting if it's if it's um, a part of the story as opposed to, to just something that, something that's a bit more baggage for a story, right? So so like in a Forgotten Realms game, if if we're worried about how much water you have. It had better be a special story about that water, because otherwise that's boring. Like there's there's just no reason to do that. There's there's other other things going on in 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 that game. Yep. But in a Dark Sun game, it's in the forefront because it's part of survival. It's a survival kind kind of genre of role playing, right? It's like that that's I think that maybe what we're talking about is the survival genre of role playing where things are gritty, things are hard, and you have to be worried about these kind of things. Otherwise your character going to fall over and die. <laughs>
0: I think that's exactly right. I, I think that you hit the nail on the head there with, with all of that, because it's interesting when it's not arbitrary, dumb, bookkeeping minutiae, right?
1: Right, like, like if, if, if there's always more water, why, why do you care how much water you have?
0: Right. If you're in the Daylands, there's a river, like a fresh, clean river you can go get water from every 10 feet.
1: Yeah, okay. and even even if not, Riverdale's there. I'm sure there's a Riverdale somewhere. Yeah,
0: yes, exactly. They're full of
1: Archie characters.
0: <laughs> full of them. Yes. Uh, it could even be New Riverdale, full of you know sexy Ugh. young characters. Dark Archie. But but also dark and mysterious. Yes. Uh, no, I mean the point is is that like in those kinds of settings where. You've got woods, there's, uh, you know, there are towns, there are plenty of villages, there are places to buy food or hunt food to get water to, there are wells, there, there's everything. It's just, you're not adding anything to the story by making someone track it. However, let me give you something in the Forgotten Realms that I think is where you can make it interesting, mm-hmm. because well. it yeah. comes in front of the narrative. And that is sea adventures. Yes. Okay, like on a boat. Uh, on a boat, I'm on a boat. Yes, uh, because then all of a sudden something like tracking water, mm-hmm. yep. Maybe Fresh not water. food. You know, maybe you can you can get food because whatever you can go catch a fish easy enough. But getting water, people have very often uh, died of thirst in mm-hmm. the middle of a giant body of water, right? Uh, dying of thirst on a ship is not an uncommon thing to happen in the history of, of uh, the real world And certainly wouldn't be uncommon in that kind of a world, right?
1: I think, though, that's, that's more interesting because it's, like, it's a segment It's something that came up because it was narratively relevant um, Like, I got on a boat with this adventuring party And we're out here and we've been out here for a month And things are not looking so good because the stores are down We don't have a lot of water this is bad, right? Absolutely. So it gives you it gives you something to hold on to. Again, it's not just tracking random minutia. This is something that, that has some meat to it.
0: Yes, it's when – and again, if you, I was just going to jump on a merchant ship, if, if you're literally just like, well, we're jumping on a merchant ship to go from Neverwinter down to uh, Baldur's Gate, and and that's just it. That that's the that's the thing, and and almost that gets sort of redlined like an Indiana Jones adventure. Then I don't need to mark off the days of water for my character sheet because again, that's just arbitrary, dumb, nothing.
1: Right. That's why Indiana Jones has that the map scenes.
0: Right. But if we were making that trip, and then a storm came through and blew us way off course,
1: Mm -hmm. and and we ended up
0: out in the middle of the sea and the mast is shattered, and we don't have a replacement mast, right? right? And we're adrift in the baking sun on the open ocean. Okay, now, exactly what you said, it's become a survival game, right? And that narrative switch, I think, is when it becomes a relevant thing to look at, to track, to become a threat.
1: Even because- more so when, when when there are tangible ways that the characters can act for change, for that matter like we can set up a plan we can figure out a way right. to solve this problem we can engage with the environment the way we would engage with an intelligent enemy right we we can fight this we can figure out a way to deal with this and it's interesting it's engaging there's something going on the rolls are being made usually you know you can still roll right. dice for, for this kind of stuff yep. um for skill checks and to, to notice things and to to figure things out and to fight against you know the currents or whatever 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 yeah there's sure lots of ways we're gonna to set up
0: what, rain catches that try to catch water and right and, yeah let, that's and it. let's
1: let's let's roll to see how they work out for you right there's all exactly. kinds of stuff you can do um, like even even if you're dice role playing in in a dicey game where not dicey I guess that's the wrong word <laughs> when I'm trying to uh, 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 a a game that's very that's very mechanically oriented you can still have a lot of fun with it
0: yeah I agree. Uh, And I think that when it comes to the forefront, as you mentioned, in a world like Dark Sun, Mm
1: -hmm.
0: there it's not only. sure. Sure, I think there it's interesting because not only is it part of the overall theme of the world, it's it it when you make this a part of the game, I think you're making a statement about the type of game you're playing and the experience you're having and the general tone and feel of it. You mentioned gritty earlier.
1: Yes. Here's the grit.
0: Yeah. And I think that's exactly right because it suddenly feels not just because it's a desert world and there's sand and that's gritty, but it suddenly feels very much more coarse of a, of an experience when the basic stuff like that becomes something that isn't assumed. It also has this interesting side effect of altering the player's perspective out of their daily life. What I mean by that is, right now, Trav, have you ever been threatened of dying of thirst in the current, you know, in your house or your neighborhood? No. No, because no, I'm
1: not gonna die of thirst. No, I got city right. water. <laughs>
0: Exactly, because we have a water system and you know and, and if worst case even if that broke down you know you'd you probably have like some water around the house or yep. or uh or I, lots you know, of
1: bottles of water somewhere.
0: Yep. If the water's not clean you can boil it and actually right. make clean water, right? So yeah, so
1: even when things get bad, you know, the city will put out a warning and say it's a boil water day or whatever, right? So Right.
0: Right. right. So my point is, is that it's very much in your, you're living, your character is living as you're living and that you don't have to, you're not generally on the edge of starving to death or dying of thirst, right? That's not your daily experience in life, right? Yeah, but then you introduce that and whoa. Right. That's it a big has,
1: shift in, in the paradigm of, of life right there for you.
0: Yeah. what it No longer is, am I, am
1: I worried about what's on TV? Now it's, I got to think about, <laughs> think about where to get my next meal.
0: Yeah, because it's, it's hitting that sort of uh, Maslow's hierarchy of the lowest thing, right? Shelter, food, water. that mm-hmm. The basic survival fundaments. When you take the game down to that level, start tracking it, start making an enemy, it changes the anchor point yeah. of what the PCs are experiencing. And I think there's a lot of value to that because it, it shakes them up in a way that's disorienting and that dials them in in a way that they don't experience if you're kind of in the more hyper real thing of fighting orcs and, and mind flayers and stuff, right? Yeah, you,
1: no, you're totally right. But even further, you can go, you can you can say that it, it's 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 kind of a reprieve from, from a thick plot line, right? To have yes. something like this happen that gives, gives the PCs a chance to think about something else for a while instead of having to think about the big bad guy for another week and his minions and what they're doing all across the whatever, blah, blah. Now they get to think about something that's immediate and immediate threat, um, and it, it can really shake things up
0: that way. Yeah, and I think that there's always a dissociation with things like combat, like we talked about with enemies. You know, mm-hmm. uh, I mean, I did plenty of sword fighting and learned how to fight with a, a weapon, and I've uh, been in physical altercations, like I've been in fist fights. Okay, mm-hmm. but I've never. <laughs> I've never stared down a seven-foot-tall purple creature capable of emanating stunning psychic waves that wants to consume my brain.
1: Right, yeah, yeah.
0: That's that's a heck of a leap from, from my—even those sorts of experiences where I've thought I'm going to be physically harmed here, mm-hmm. right? Whereas we've all been hungry, we've all been thirsty, we've all seen— people in the world or read about in history, like, and it's very much more, it's more relatable. We're definitely attached to to it, yeah. We're definitely
1: attached to it in a real human way.
0: Yes, because it's at that basic level of our our hierarchy of needs. And also because we've all experienced something like that in our lives, right? Or I I shouldn't say all of us, like most of us have had times that were leaner, right? Or Mm -hmm. have, uh, you know, have been out and dehydrated ourselves. Uh, I don't know if you remember, but uh, were you over the night when we had our when we had our Friday night magic years and years and years Saturday night magic sorry years and years and years and years and years ago This is mid 90s when magic first came out. I don't know, but tell the story. And Uh, I got dehydrated sitting there playing magic and passed out and had to be taken to the hospital and given a no. I was not there for that one. Okay, so that happened. Right. I I, (laughs) I had went without drinking. For so long, right, that I, I dehydrated myself and then passed out and then had to be given an IV drip at the hospital. Like, I, I remember our host had to call the the hospital and they said, yeah, bring him in. Look, did, I'm gonna
1: it, I'm going to just say it right now that that's also an interesting way to add a little bit of drama to the table if, like, you're just like my character just passes out. Um, sure. He not had anything to drink for a while. He's been laser focused on this task for too long. That gives you something else to do, too. I, I think this can also be implemented that way. Thanks, Vince.
0: Sure. Yeah, there you go. Like that's a that's a cool role R- RP moment for you to yeah. interject whenever because we've all had characters bear down on stuff. Right, but but my point is is that you know I've I've experienced those things and it's not that hard to imagine the right. next step, right? And so I think Which that is
1: just so different from fighting the the seven foot tall purple you know whatever so. monster,
0: yes, <laughs> right, right. I think that that ultimately though you have to be careful with this yeah cuz because
1: look we we can say it's interesting to to have starvation and thirst be an important thing right um and, and, you know in these in these, inter- in these w- different worlds and stuff but if you play dark sun for more than a few weeks like that's going to get old really fast if you're still yep. worried about the you know up uh, well i got to i got to i got to stop and figure out a way to get some water again again and and you know We're we're level seven, so we've been adventuring for, you know, six months. You know, six months of games, and we're still looking for water. That's just boring. That's stupid. That's boring.
0: Don't do that to your players, please. I I completely agree, and you you went exactly where I was going to go. Which is to say that there is a hard limit to this.
1: There's a maximum,
0: for sure. Where this is going to go from interesting you know, sort of realistic take on the world to drudgery Mm -hmm. of the worst kind because you're never going to actually feel like a hero participating in some kind of adventure if literally your chief concern every night you get together to game with your friends is... We are about to die because we don't have food yep. and water again. Again, right? That's a problem. Yeah,
1: that's the point uh, where I would probably start complaining to the D- the DM in private. I would be like, "Look, DM, you got to stop this. I-, I am I am dying because my I- my character is starving." Okay, right? <laughs> stop yeah. it.
0: Yeah, exactly. So I
1: think you should definitely treat like starvation and thirst, um, and like the environment itself. Uh, you should treat it the way you treat other enemies, right? you don't want to be fighting goblins for the entire campaign. Yes. So you don't want to be fighting starvation and thirst for the entire
0: campaign. I think that's actually a brilliant way to look at it because that right there just really sums up the the whole point is that this this kind of a concept of fighting the environment specifically through starvation and thirst is interesting when one it's narratively driven, mm-hmm. two it's used to set the tone. Three, uh, it, it, you give the, the PCs a chance to apply skills, their intelligence, their creativity Absolutely. to solve it in the same way they would do with any other challenge they might encounter in the world, be it monster or political or anything, right? And four, it doesn't become the dominating singular experience right. that defines everything. I think following those four kind of basic guidelines... You can use this as yet another tool in your toolbox to keep the experience, the adventure, the feel, and the tone of your game uh, varied and interesting to the PCs. Yeah, yeah, that would be that would be my summation of the whole thing.
1: And and the same, I mean, the same just the same should go if you're if you're writing a game. You know, if if, if we're not we're not just talking about you're writing a campaign, but you're actually writing a game to sell or to, you know, you're making your own RPG. It's definitely something that you you should include if it fits your world, and you should give rules for it and and how to deal with those things like starvation and thirst and the environment and other other environmental issues, because um, other things can pop up in science fiction and fantasy, obviously. Sure. Um, and and you can you can make sure that that your that your the people who buy these your books and read your books know that they're not supposed to just just continually pound, pound the city like. Gr- just grinding out the starvation and thirst mechanic, like, you need to, 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 like, really look— Okay, I can't. I'm not sure what I'm trying to say here, but I'm trying no, to say I get something it. important.
0: You're saying—I I, I completely understand. Let me see if Help, I can put, refine put a, put
1: a pin in this, my friend.
0: I'll put a pin in it for you. If you're designing a game, and that game is meant to be this level of gritty realism, like you're making something that feels like Dark Sun or something like that, cool, Make sure it's got the rules in there to do that, to have this sort of experience. But you should still not make this the defining experience right. of the game. Thank you. Yeah. Same same rules apply. I think that's what very well said.
1: Thank you for nailing it. Yes, it is very well said. You said that very well, my friend. <laughs> um, so I'm going to say that that's definitely starvation and thirst when the environment is the enemy. Undesigned, yeah?
0: Undesigned. Thank you very much, everybody, for listening. We certainly appreciate it. Uh, As always, uh, give us a rating or review on iTunes. We really appreciate that. It really helps. At least we think so. That's what everybody says, so it probably does.
1: I'm going to get a wrap you.
0: (laughs) If you want to find more, uh, you can go check out my YouTube channel where I talk about Warhammer and game design and all sorts of things. That's under my name, Vincent Venturella. But as always, we really appreciate you listening to this one, and we'll talk to you next time.